Well, I'm an English major, so I'm legally obligated to be annoying about it. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Books, a podcast for writers by writers. I'm Larissa. And I'm LJ. This week, we are talking about poetry and my upcoming collection, The Deck of Been Handed. We're going to gush about free verse and talk about how this is more of a coping mechanism than our fiction works are, which is totally cool, not at all embarrassing when we're asked about <laughs> our stuff. We talk about poetry in general, the different types, you know, the quote unquote rules around it, which I don't believe exists, and our own poetry experience. You can follow us on Instagram. At Larissa Galt, dot author. And LJ underscore writes with two S's. This episode contains minor profanity and mentions of like thematic elements such as death and war and uh, heartbreak. Okay, so what types of poetry are there? Oh God, don't ask me. This is not school. <laughs> I'm done. I did my English classes. Thank you very much. Well, I'm an English major, so I'm legally obligated to be annoying <laughs> about it. Well, then, yeah, you tell me. What types of poetry are there? Okay, fine. Um, there's free <laughs> verse. There's, like, rhyme schemes and stuff, uh, which you can basically do whatever you want with. And then there's haikus, which are traditionally three-line poems. They're of Japanese origin. In the, the first line is five syllables. second line is seven syllables. And the third line is also five syllables, and they're very, like, imagery-dependent. And then other poems are more prose-dependent, um, which is always super fun. I'm currently in a poetry class, and I'm also in creative writing class, and we just finished a poetry unit. Um, and it's really interesting to see the differences between the forms and, like, what they bring out. Free verse is really hit or miss for me, but rhyme stuff can be, like, really unique. You can do lots of stuff with that. Um, I mean, like I said, haikus are super dependent on imagery, and they only have a total amount of syllables, Mm -hmm. And prose is, <laughs> prose is like Oscar Wilde coming back to life, which I love. Oh, yeah. um, I love Oscar Wilde. Anyway. There's a whole bunch of different ways to structure or stardom or do whatever you want with them, honestly. You know, themes, a bunch of literary devices, metaphors, simile, imagery, all of the jazz, all the stuff you learn about in like English classes or that, you, you know, just look up. But it's not every, it, it's, it really depends. It's kind of writers in general, writers are writers. But you could also be a poet and call yourself a writer, be a writer and call yourself a poet. It's not one in the same. Like, I'm a writer and a poet, and I make that distinction, but you, you don't have to make that distinction kind of deal. So not every fiction writer is a poet. Not every poet writes other things. Or you can mix and jumble up and all that fun. Me, personally... Don't know, I don't know jack shit about poetry. I took English classes, <laughs> and I do not follow any of the rules at all. Uh, I hate rhyming. or I, like, I enjoy rhyming, but I can't rhyme. <laughs> um, I don't care about things. I do a lot of free verse and more prose type stuff, but that's just because I don't really care about the rules, and I don't like following the rules about that. But somehow I've still got one poetry, out, one poetry book out and another one coming out. So, you know, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do. Yeah, for real. Um, and I love poetry like that. Like, the more that I've been studying poetry, just in general, um, and I'm taking a medieval studies class also, and we, a lot of medieval manuscripts are more focused on poetry, and they're more fantasy tales than they are real life. 
you know, that's how they told stories. So I'm, I've immersed myself in poetry this semester, really. And I've yeah. published a poetry collection also. Um, we didn't talk about it a whole lot because that's, I'm not marketing it at the current present time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised how many quote unquote traditional poets are not very traditional in their styles. Like mm. every single person is different and you don't have to rhyme. You don't have to do, you don't have to have structures. You don't have to do all those things. Um, I feel like beginner writers, when they want to get into poetry, um, sometimes you can feel limited by, Mm -hmm. you know, not knowing how to rhyme or not being a good natural rhymer. Mm -hmm. Um, I also write songs. And so I'm, I think I have a better handle on rhyming things naturally, but even I use rhyme zone like to look at words to see what rhymes you know what I mean so um it's different for everybody but like just as encouragement out there if you want to start writing poetry literally just start like start reading types of poems that you like um if you like war poems or like just depressing poems like look up Sylvia (laughs) Path or things like that like Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to look up translations my poetry class is specifically about modern world poetry and yeah. it's uh, the collection that we are working off of in class is just about any famous poet, any well-known poet from the 21st, 20th, and 19th century mm-hmm. that is not originally written in English. Oh. Every single one of the poems that we look at was not originally written in English. Oh, that's so fun. And so they're obviously all translated, but, yeah. I mean, it's international. And so we get to see how, like... I mean, in, like, just an American perception, we're both American, just an American perception of world conflicts in history, we might only look at Oscar Wilde or Edgar Allan Poe or Sylvia Path. Like, we might only look at one side of things, but there are other things that exist out there other than poetry about World War One and Two, and, like, death and just you know love like american love um the american dream like things like that there are yeah poems about war about like um middle eastern conflicts and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and when the french basically came to africa and were like um we run the place now things like that <laughs> like there are i mean they basically did that and the british did it to america um mm-hmm. and so poetry is not just limited to the traditional, you know, roses are red, violets are blue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. When I decided to start writing poetry and then, like, publish the first poetry book with uh, Margaret, um, I kind of went to Google and typed in how to write poetry. (laughs) And was like, hmm... How do I do this? Because I was like, I was like, I know that there is there is more traditional type poetry, and we had studied poetry when I was in high school and stuff like that. And I'm gonna be honest, for as much as I write poetry, I do not care for reading it. Like there are very few things that I enjoy. Like I don't dislike all poetry. Like I loved your book. There are a few other books. Oh, what was it called? Uh, Coffee Days, Whiskey Nights. I think I've heard of it. I recently bought it. I do not remember the author's name, but I remember they just changed their name. So I don't remember which one it is now, and I don't want to say the wrong name. So, um, but I really enjoyed their book. It was incredibly done. Um, and honestly, I read that right before I wrote 
the deck I've been handed. So I, I, I took a lot of influence from that. But honestly, like, I, I, I didn't read a lot of poetry, which you can probably tell because I don't follow a very traditional style of poetry. Um, but I, like, my personal philosophy is that poetry is whatever you make of it. Obviously, like, if you write, like, a 55,000-word fantasy novel, like, that's not poetry. That's a, that's a novel. Like, there are some basic distinctions just between you know regular poetry and like the prose of a novel but like besides that I think it's very open to interpretations and I think that's the beautiful thing about poetry is like you you get to write it and you have one meaning and somebody else may have a different meaning of it and whether or not that means you're rhyming in yours or you're not rhyming in yours or you're you know do it. I don't know. All different things. I I think you make. I think poetry. Whoa, English. I think you make poetry just. What am what I What you to need say? it to be. Yeah, yeah. What you what you need. It's it what to you be. make of it. It's. That's okay. That's the phrase I was thinking of. But I, did, I was like, what is going on in English? Yes, poetry is what you make of it, and yeah. I, I I think it's just up to interpretation, and a lot of fun. Yeah, it really is. It really is. I mean, if anybody is. I mean, this is our seventh episode, which is so cool. Like, hello. This is our third month doing this. Um, March 31st, this episode will drop, which is crazy. Oh, hey, I'm 20. Yeah, I know. I'll be 20. Ew. Who wants to do that? I'm almost 19, which is also gross. Um, But yeah, (laughs) I mean, if you've listened to this because you like books or you like whatever, or you like us as people, which in which case we're flattered. Thank you for being here. Obviously. No, um, I'm <laughs> I mean, thank you for being here in general. We love you guys. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like if you're not usually poetry person, like this is a good one to listen to because yeah. just saying. Guys, I'm not a poetry person. I, like I'm not. I've never considered myself a poetry person. You just admitted and it. And now I'm so... going to be publishing my second poetry book. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Why hello. am I here? Why am I doing this? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've never, like, been against poetry. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself an avid poetry reader, but I definitely like it. Yeah. I like doing it. I like writing it. Um, a little while ago, like, beginning of March, I was in a class where we were workshopping some poetry, and my professor was like, wow, I really like this one. This is, like, publishable, Larissa. And I was like, <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> uh, I love but that. Also, but also, um. I didn't tell her that I had already published the collection. <laughs> I think she knows, but I she it slipped her mind probably. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was really it was really cool. It was about um, I mean, the assignment was basically to pull together at least five similes, and mm-hmm. in a poem, and it was a little bit hard, but metaphors just flow more easily to me, so that was easier. But um, the simile one ended up looking really cool. I compared, um death to birds and oh. so yeah it was really interesting i mean it was like what like 12 to 14 lines oh uh, yeah i think i remember you talking about that one yeah i mean it's, i think it's pretty good but she was like yeah this is publishable um and like we have a literacy magazine at the mm-hmm. college um so i'll be submitting stuff for their spring issue there i've submitted a few poems from wildflower conglomerations to a different online magazine that i stumbled mm. upon a few weeks ago actually mm-hmm. months ago now um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't consider myself an avid poetry lover, but, um, I first, I think the first collection that I read 
uh, actually, I don't know. It was probably in middle school. But one of the more recent ones, I mean, it must have been released in, like, what, like, at least 2019? But I think it was earlier than that because I remember reading it in 2019. Um, is Pillow Thoughts by Courtney Pepperknoll. And I think there's a sequel I've out. Seen no, there's that. three of them. There's there's Pillow Thoughts, then Pillow Thoughts 2, Healing the Heart, and then Pillow Thoughts 3, Mending the Mind. And I've only read the first one. Um, I owned a copy at some point and then I gave it away because it was just attached to a time in my life that I don't like remembering. Um, mm. But it is a good poetry. It is a good collection. So if you want to start with poetry and you just want to, like, just give it a try, um, you don't have to go looking for translations. You don't have to go looking for super famous people. You don't have to go to Sylvia Path. Like, yeah. you, you don't have to go to these people. Like, don't stress about it. My my advice would just be to, like, go to Target or Walmart or Barnes & Noble um, Target is probably your best bet for yeah. a small selection because they will have recently released. They will be cheaper. Yeah, they'll be like six, seven bucks, ten bucks at the most. Um, they're small. The what the poetry collections that they do have are things that are really accredited. Like people mm-hmm. really like them. Yeah. Um, and literally just pick one up and start looking through them. Honestly. I mean, don't tell any, like, employee this or whatever, but <laughs> I've picked up poetry collections and read almost the entirety of them without ever walking out with a collection. And I loved it. Yeah. But I didn't buy it. And that's totally normal. But also, yeah. certain poetry collections are on, like, ebook formats. Yeah. So I'm sure that you can access them like that. Libraries. Libraries um, are a big one. Yeah, libraries are a great one. So if you don't want to buy a poetry collection, then go to your library and ask, you know, go to the reference desk. And be like, so I want to start with poetry. Like, what do you recommend? And if they have no idea, they can at least point you to the shelf. Yeah. And they'll be able to. Especially if you don't know, like, what type of poetry you enjoy. There's there's no constraints on having to buy a book then. Like, if you go to the library and just have a bunch of poetry there, you will have a bunch of different types of poetry, like, in one section. You just pick the ones you like. Find the ones that are enjoyable or whatever. And it's right there. Yeah. And, I mean, if you don't like the type that you want to start out with... Then I recommend just Googling poems about blank, just inserting a random theme. Poems mm-hmm. about love, poems about sex, poems about war, poems about death, poems about childhood, poems about parenthood, so on yep. and so forth. Um, poems about history or Victorian poems or Civil War poems. I mean, that's basically synonymous, but, um, yeah. you know, poems from the 1910s. Like, you could be specific and Google will give you so many things. Um, there are lots of websites out there that, you know, these poems are 100, 200 years old, and they're online because the people who care about their royalties are long dead. And yeah. they're in the public domain now. And you can just, <laughs> people can do what they want with them. And so they're out yeah. there. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but if you don't like poetry, I mean, take our word for it. I like it sometimes. Yeah. And I don't like it other times. So, you know. Yeah. It's it's real subjective, and I think, like I said, that's the nice thing about it. Like there will be there will be types of poetry that I like, even though if I write it, I can't stand reading. But then there's others that I like, you know, kind of enjoy reading. And it's it's all just what you enjoy. That's the big thing about just reading in general. Read what you want to read, and I, there are yeah. so many different types of poetry and books and just media in general. There's so many different types of things out there. You'll find something that you enjoy, and it yeah, for sure. it doesn't have to be. It's not like you know, oh, this thing is super popular, so I have to read it. You don't have to read it. You get to pick what you want to nope. read. Like it, it's nobody. Nobody, nobody can tell you what to read, which we talked about yeah. that a, a little stuff like that in a previous episode. But like nobody gets to tell you what to read. You get to read what you want. And if you don't like it, you get to put it down. Like there's nothing wrong with that. 
So exactly, and I mean, talking about reading poetry, like, um, you know, you mentioned you don't really read it, but you like writing it. I mean, that's totally fine. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I love it when people. <laughs> say like what is a poem like what is even a poem like you can't define it because they don't Mm -hmm. like poetry um Mm -hmm. and I actually had somebody in my class do this and I really hope they're not listening to this um anyway (laughs) I'm not like blasting about that I have a podcast but I'm not keeping it a secret either so if people stumble upon it um Mm -hmm. please just take my words with a grain of salt because you're not intended to hear this Anyway, so moving on. Somebody, somebody in my class was like, well, what even is a poem? Like, you can't define it. Like, what does that mean? And um, and one poem that I posted as an example, um, you know, with the way that it started, they were like, is that even a poem? And I'm like, yeah, because oh. the poet intended it to be a poem. Yeah. Like, it's that simple. Um, if you intend something to be a poem and then you write 20,000 words, I would have a little bit of an issue. But for the most part, okay, for the most part, I'm not going to get all up in arms about the exact definition of poem. Usually, they're dependent on essential information, like imagery, so on and so forth. Sometimes they're Mm -hmm. just about experiences. Sometimes they're, you know, very loose, and sometimes they're very, very metaphorical. Sometimes they're just very descriptive, but they don't actually mean anything other than their descriptions. Metaphors, for example, they depend a lot on their descriptions, but they're connected to something else, and not all poems connect like that. Um, so you're right. You can't define poetry. But to which I say, that's the whole point. Poets yeah. get to choose who and what is said. Most Okay, nine times out of ten, there are not several characters in a poem like there are a story. That is not a 100% without-fail rule. There are a lot of poems where there are multiple quote-unquote characters. I will yeah. say... Um, the speaker of the poem is not always the poet's voice. And that's something mm-hmm. that a lot of people misunderstand, especially yeah. if it's in first person or even in second person. Um, it really, it can happen in any point of view, but a lot of times the poet creates a different person to write through. Mm-hmm. And they don't have names, they don't have looks like characters do in novels, but a lot of times it's not the poet's personal opinion that they're talking about. They they do it just for the intention of a poem, or they do it for satire, or they do it to make fun of something, or they do it to twist the narrative on something. There's a really, really, really good poem that I read recently called The War Works Hard, um, mm-hmm. and I don't remember the author, but it was translated. But the, the English version, was, oh my gosh, it was so good. And it was mm-hmm. literally like a, two pages worth of praising different things that war does. But it was doing so in a way that was almost, I mean, it was obviously satirical um, and Mm -hmm. ironic, not more than satirical. It was ironic because so many people view the negative side of war because very little people will agree that there are any positives to war. But, um, But the poet highlighted all of these things. And that one of the lines that stuck with me was something to the effect of, you know, the war works hard, but it never receives any praise. For all that it mm, does. Damn. And, I mean, there's lots of different meanings you can take to that. But the poet, I could probably guarantee you that they do not like war. <laughs> like, and that is yeah. not at all their voice in the poem that's coming through. It's the speaker of the poem. It's not the actual yeah. poet. Um, and that poem is so, so, so good. It's, yeah, I love it. Um, I mean, because war, I mean, it puts money into the pockets of coffin makers. But yet it it steals lots of lives. 
So, like, Damn. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and that's pr- pretty much what the poem is talking about. Like, dictators yeah. get a lot of um, clout, basically, in war. Um, <laughs> I mean, world leaders in general. Um, economies mm-hmm. change with yeah. the war. Um, you know, talk about what happened after the Great Depression. Like, mm-hmm. things just boomed. The Roaring Twenties, for example. And, you know, things after that. And the economy of the past seven years or so after the recession of like 2008 i think it was um Mm -hmm. anyway so that's just me spitballing but like poetry is super super interesting and i like talking about it because the poet gets to decide the meaning that they want to give it and the reader gets to decide what they want to take out of it Mm-hmm. Which is one of my favorite things. Yeah, I this is this is why this is why you're here with the English class because I didn't know uh, like that speaker stuff, but I like I didn't realize it. Like I I've heard it, but I didn't realize it for like so. If, for example, there's a um, actually you enjoy this. Uh, Larissa's been uh, beta and alpha reading my current poetry correction, uh, the deck I've been handed to dip, and uh, which I forget the the pronunciation of that thing all the time, which is why I've been saying the full title, and then you'll say it, and then I'm like, ah, I remember what it is now. Uh, but <laughs> I think uh, I came up with the pronunciation actually. Yeah, I, I think I think you did. That's why I keep forgetting. You're it. like, how do I even say this? And I'm like, uh, to dip. Yeah, right. Because it's, it's so weird. Anyway, so she's been reading it a little bit, and she said a few times that one of a poem that she's <laughs> a little bit i read it like three times okay yeah she's read it quite a lot but one of the poems that she really enjoys is called song of the rising sun um which yeah, is a good one yeah i i which, I've noticed a couple things on that but like i didn't realize that that stuff that she was talking about like the speaker and all that stuff because i've never like what i talk about in that poem which you guys will see it when it comes out yada 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 but it's very like like love romantic type like forward-facing poem like it's it's very much talking about like a like a quote-unquote implied relationship or at least some sort of love connection between like the speaker and the person but that speaker is not me like Mm -hmm. like that is not the poem is not from any experience that I've had any feelings that I've had it is something that I've created from a perspective of a quote-unquote outside character who's not me and so it's like, and but then in that same collection, there are other poems that are very much from my own experience yeah, and like from exactly. my own perspective. And then there are some that are not. And like, that's the fun part. So I've got like, it's just, it just comes because some, a lot of poetry can be very emotional and very personal. And then sometimes it's not like, sometimes you just make up stuff. Like, like I, I made up some poems about some random things. Like, you know, yep. it's not, it's not always something that has to come from your own experience or it doesn't always have to come from something that was in your own experience or your own perspective yeah like it's it's subjective it really is yeah i mean fiction books are a little bit more black and white but poetry is something that every single person can get something totally different out of based on their background and personality like the song the poem that you were just talking about song of the rising sun i'm pretty sure i called that nostalgic um Mm. that whole section that it was in i think it's just very like sweet and nostalgic there's some hurt Mm -hmm. in there too but it's just very sweet but somebody else might take a completely different tone on it Mm -hmm. and i mean not obviously a complete 360 180 actually but um, but that's the beauty of poetry. Like even the same person, when rereading a poem twice or three times, can find different meanings. I do that all the time with my poems, um, mm-hmm. with other people's poems that I read, with the deck I've been handed. Um, there's this one poem. I think it's my top one in the collection. 
<laughs> and when I listed out my favorites, you guys, there are 52 poems in that collection. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> that there are 52? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, the deck I've handed, it's card deck, guys. There are 52 poems. And I have a lot of favorites. I think I have, like, 16 favorites. But my top <laughs> is called Everyday, Everyday Thoughts. And uh-huh. I think that's one of my favorite ones. Um, it's one of my favorite my ones, top, too. My I top three are all in the last section, uh, mm-hmm. which I feel like is on brand for me once you guys know more about it. But um, <laughs> But that poem, I just, the first time I read it, I was so close to tears. And then the second time I read it, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is really, really sad. I, but, like, I caught something different out of it. She's laughing at me because she's happy that I cried over her sad poem. But, yeah. like, it's true. And I found, I found something else and different things were highlighted to me. And even when I reread it, certain things were the same. And I was mm-hmm. like, damn, that line still hits. Like, that, that mm-hmm. is such a banger. <laughs> and um, so, yeah. And it just, like, it highlights the whole, you know, feel yeah of the poem when you reread it. And I and it's been it's been incredibly helpful to have like you alpha reader well you were my alpha reader, but you and the beta <laughs> readers also go through it because I'm now realizing what like certain meanings and certain interpretations that my readers are taking from it that I didn't know like existed like I I can't think of a, a specific example right now, but I would remember I was going through your comments on some of the things and I was like oh, I didn't, like, realize that, like, this could mean this thing, or, like, this was taken that way, or there was even a comment you said that, um, for one of the poems, I think it was in the third section, um, and I remember what it was now, mm-hmm. or no, I remember what it was, um, it was when it, one of the yes. comments you left was, like, was, like, um, like, I don't relate to this in the way that you said, but I still, like, feel this, or I don't remember exactly yeah, what the comments yeah. said, but it was something along that lines, and I just kind of went, like, whoa like like I knew that could happen but it's also just so mind-blowing because that at least that specific poem is very specific to something that like you know I went through things that I feel yada 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 and yet it's still it still like makes an an impact in a different way for somebody else and it's just it's just mind-blowing and it's super cool it's super fun I was like oh my gosh that's so fun yes like it's 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 which is one of my favorite things about poetry yeah yeah i mean i mean in terms of writing poetry um mm-hmm. i feel like we both have similar out you know similar opinions yeah um for me it's definitely a creative outlet sometimes out of breakdowns mm-hmm. or you know just emotional inspiration um but, yeah. but because of that i don't tend to write anything that's like rhymed or structured it's all yeah. free verse um and i do cool formatting things to give it extra meaning but i'm not depending on it in order mm-hmm. to develop the poem, yeah. which I think is nice. Um, some people, their brains just work better when they rhyme the poem to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, some poems of mine are like that. I mean, they're not very frequent, but they definitely exist. And um, But yeah, a lot of my poetry is just raw emotion and just yeah. like... Which I don't, I don't share a lot of my poetry. I'm very particular with the ones that I do share um, mm-hmm. because of that, because they're just so close. Yeah, to me, that's that's exact. I've I've got most of the same thing. I I don't really I don't follow too much poetry structure at all. Larissa has given me a bunch of formatting ideas that I've gratefully accepted and taken into uh, to dibs. So I'm very excited about that. But um, 
mine is also very, very emotional. I really only write poetry like when there's something that's really on my mind. And it doesn't always start out as poetry. It's honestly just a giant like block of text that I'm just like going and writing and writing and writing. And then eventually I turn it into a poem and like change it into something else. But that's why I'm a little nervous about actually publishing the deck I've been handed because it is very emotional. And for like not very... It, it like exposure like a lot of the poems are very personal to me like they don't seem personal in some of the some of the readings mm-hmm. because it it holds me like different things hold different meanings for myself but I am incredibly nervous about publishing <laughs> like to dip and and I mean and like that's like that's fine like a poetry is very emotional sometimes so it's like I know it's a good thing and it's something I've been wanting to been wanting to do but I a lot of the poems that I reference or like that I write in there is about the very topic about I'm scared to publish it and I'm nervous about publishing it. And like, that's just, that's just in the book. That's just straight up. And I don't know. So it's. Yeah. Yeah. That is in there at some point. I remember. And so I'm, I'm sure there's, there's things where it's like, you know, people will be like, you, you, you publish something or you share something and people will be like, oh, that's not poetry because it doesn't rhyme. And this specific line has a comma and there's yada, yada, yada. And it's like, Shut up. Who cares? I, 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 my poetry is personal to me. And if it manages to impact or, like, you know, it, create feelings from someone else, then it's done its job. However, however it's written, however it's done. I, yeah. I don't think it's really that strict. On what, like, you were talking about, like, what is a poem? It's whatever. Whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, as long as the poet intends for it to be a poem, then it is a poem. Period. Mm-hmm. End of story. In my yeah. opinion. And it can literally be about so many things. All there's things. um there's this one poet that we talked about pretty recently in my class. Um, I'm pretty sure he's a Spanish guy. At least Spanish is his primary language. I don't know if he's from the country of Spain. Um mm-hmm. I can't remember. But he's I mean, he's really famous. He's dead now, yeah. but he was very famous. And <laughs> I I really should remember his name because he's really cool. Um, but I don't, um, but yeah, he has this, like, series of poems in this one collection of his. I think it's a collection that he did later on in life. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's just called An Ode to, and, like, all the poems are an ode to seemingly mundane things in his life. Oh, like, oh, I, you know what I'm talking about? I know that. Yeah. Like, an ode to my socks. Um, and, like, you know, a frying pan, or I don't know if that's an actual example, but I do know socks is an example. Um, and, but yeah, there can be, there can be metaphors in those kinds of poems, but there doesn't have to be. Like, you could literally mm-hmm. just, that guy could literally just be thanking the world for his socks. Yeah. Hey, I love my socks. Because some people don't have socks. Some people don't have warm socks or new socks. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, the socks was knitted or something and given to him. And, you know, it's, it, yeah. Poetry yeah. doesn't have to be about this, like, giant issue. It doesn't have to be a coping mechanism for trauma. It doesn't have to be <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> like, even though yeah. that's what Lottie and I do. Like, you guys yeah. don't have to Oopsies. do that. Yeah. Um, but, but then, yeah, anyway. at the same time, it can be. Like, uh, yeah, that, is, totally that is what we do. And it's it's all up to you as the author, the writer, the poet, whatever you want to call yourself while doing it. 
it is actually and i do remember that guy we read him and um we read some of his stuff in uh, middle school i also can't remember his name but it was very <laughs> fun we had to like we had to like write our own little 202 uh poems like in response and i think what did i do mine on it was like um oh oh it was too um <laughs> it was too pablo neruda that's his name yes yes it was too um it was too a rope swing i'm pretty sure he was assassinated oh damn yeah, oh. it, his death was very soon after a, uh, a coup or something. Mm. Um, I cannot remember the country that it was in, so I'm not going to say it because I don't know yeah. which one it is. Yeah. Um, just because I want to be accurate, but it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that yeah. His poems are really cool, yeah. especially yeah. I remember we studied him. Really funny. That one. was yes. It was it was. So he has some very so romantic fun. poems too. Um, I think he mm-hmm. also wrote "Body of a Woman," or maybe that was somebody else. Um, which is very romantic and somewhat sexual. I don't fun. remember that one, but yeah, you probably. But yeah, I believe it. It's a good one. <laughs> or I believe whoever whoever wrote it. <laughs> yeah, that was Pablo Neruda. Oh, okay, yeah, that's cool. a very nice one. I yeah. mean, right. yeah, it's it's sensual, but it's a good one. Gotcha. There's there's just there's so much you can do with poetry, and so many ways you can take it. I don't think it's fair for someone to like say that you can only do poetry this one way because it's not. You know, people do that in many different ways. And, like, that's acceptable. That's fine. That's encouraged. I, I think you should be able to do oh, whatever you yeah. want with poetry. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be limited to prose and thematic feelings like I was talking about. It can be political. It could be about war. It could be about mundane objects. Um, Pablo mm-hmm. Neruda, for example, he literally called out governments. And he wrote a lot of stuff about revolution. And he wasn't the only As one. A lot of poems um in the 20th century were about war and calling out certain corrupt governments and yeah. things like that especially during the cold war um mm-hmm. and when um the ussr fell in mm-hmm. 79 or 89 i can't remember the year um yeah, i probably wasn't 89 so i'd say 79 yeah i think it was 79 um anyway if that's not factual then just ignore that um but it was around that time oh but uh, 91. 91, really? Okay, so I was closer to yeah. 89 then. Yeah. I, I, I knew it wasn't, like, an 80 or 90. I knew it was one number below or above, and I thought it was 89, but thank you, it was 91. Gotcha. We need um, to brush up on our history. Oops. I know, right? I mean, I can tell you the exact dates of the World Wars, but I can't tell you when the USSR fell. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, and I can tell you when the Titanic yeah. sunk, but, like, <laughs> that's about it. Oh, oh um, yes. Oh, yes. Anyway. But, um, but I mean, poetry could be about so many different things, like, mm-hmm. which I love about it. So, yeah. anyway, this is going to be a short episode, you guys. That's okay. That's all right. We've, we've had fun. some long episodes, like, recently. Yes. So yes. this will be, this will be a nice little break. A Plus, like, one. I mean, poetry is just enjoyable. Like, there's, there's, like, there's nothing super controversial about it. Nothing that has, like, a whole ton of, well, I mean, there's some controversial things, depending on, you know, if you're one of the critics who's, like, poetry can only be this. Like, no, it's, like, it's just. <laughs> It's just whatever. So I there's not like a whole ton of debate around it, at least in my opinion. Like poetry is just poetry. You can enjoy it. You don't have to enjoy it. Some people write it and some people don't. Like it's it's pretty simple. I think when it comes to most writing things, it's relatively simple. Yeah, basically. Well, so we both are writers, poets. We both have some form of poetry collection and poetry out. So we do. We do. You want to talk about yours first? Oh, sure. 
Um, yeah, my collection is called Wildflower Conglomerations. It came out three months ago, I think. Yeah, three. It's very fun. Or four. Um, yeah, early December it came out. Um, and the cover is a Scrabble board. Um, yes. Which is quite an original idea, if I do say so myself. Um, <laughs> I literally was just playing Scrabble with my mom one day for like three hours straight. And um, I was like, wow, this actually would be a really cool book cover. Let's do it. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And I took a picture of it and it worked out really good. Um, anyway, the the collection is about uh, young adulthood, basically, because that's where I am mm-hmm. at in life. Um, and it's about like the transitions of young adulthood about losing friends, about grieving things that you didn't think you'd have to grieve. Um, you know, like leaving high school. Like, you wouldn't think that that would be sad, but, I mean, it can be for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. You lose friends in times of transition in your life, and young adulthood is one of them. You have to find other people for your support networks. Sometimes people don't have good home lives, and, you know, I'm really blessed and privileged to have a good home life, and I don't have to move out. I don't feel pressured to move out. I I don't feel pressured to go to a four-year school, um, but a lot of people do. And so this collection is, is it's a big mixing pot of yeah. so many different things that you go through in this time of life that people don't exactly tell you you're going to go through. You know, like parents aren't just going to like sit you down and be like, so you might lose some people, you know, like they don't say that. Like, and depending on yeah. your age you or depending on your the age of your parents when they had you or their parents when they had them like you might be losing grandparents at this time or you might be like 25 and then your first grandparent passes away like there are so many different things um i'm on the first portion of that list i actually have seven grandparents because my dad is adopted and one of his parents got remarried um, mm-hmm. so I have seven in total. <laughs> Not everybody has that many. Um, <laughs> but I only have two that are still alive. And I was never mm. super close to my grandparents, but they're, they still affected me. Um, yeah. and, and I'm only, I'm only 18. Um, you know, certain yeah. things like that. And just like, depending on the type of loss that it is, I feel like people don't talk enough about, when you grieve, it doesn't just have to be death. Like, the grief that I've gone through in my life, for the most part, has not been because somebody's important to me has died. Um, and I feel like this not talked about a lot. So most yeah. of my poems, like, I mean, they highlight that. They highlight how, um, how you're not alone. I mean, that's basically the whole point of the collection is to show you that you're not alone because young adulthood can feel like a very, very isolating time in your life. You feel like nobody's going through the same thing as you are. And poetry just helps you feel less alone. Yeah. In my opinion, because, you know, like there are some feelings, things that you just, you can't put a name to, but some other poet has. And you read it, and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel seen, understood, heard, I just, wow. And you're just so affected by it. Yeah. And it it sticks with you. And those kinds of things are really, really amazing. So that's what my collection, that's that's what my collection is. And you can can buy it on Amazon. That's where it is. I love it. I highly recommend it. It's very fun, very enjoyable. It might make you cry, and I will not be held responsible for that. Mm -mm. It's got some of my favorite lines in there. I absolutely adore it. But 
Uh, and then I have I have one poetry book out already. I co-authored it with uh, Margaret Phoenix. Uh, her at is she's not currently active on social media unless sometime between when we record this and it comes <laughs> out she's back on. But I don't know. Um, but she is at the Writing Firebird. Um, and we put together, it's called The Fragility of a Downpour. It's a little like a scrapbook of seasons, I guess is the subtitle. Um, and it's it's like, I'm not going to lie, had to Google it because I forgot what the description was for it. So uh, Please, it's hilarious. But it was, it, we put it out back in January of 21. So it's two years old now, I think. Um so it's it's told it's like it's told from the perspective of seasons like this the book is split up into sections of seasons and it's just talking about love um like in and out of love accepting what is all of that all of that stuff I personally really like it we like switched off writing poems it's very fun we very I very like enjoyable. it too Thank you um, it did make me cry. It's it's a it's a good one. I I like it. I do I do enjoy it. And now I have a new poetry collection coming out. The deck I've been handed coming out this summer. Um, very personal Yay! stuff. Very very exciting. This one this one is this one is important to me. It it it's talking a lot about like losing and trying to find yourself, which is something I've struggled with for a really long time. Um, still currently struggling with, and it's just I I don't know how to describe it other than like this is some of the most like the most emotional poetry that I've ever written and and some of them aren't some of them are like some from another perspective but it's just I don't know it's very real and it's it's very very real and I'm very excited and I can't wait to do it I'm so excited to have it in my hands plus I've I'm thinking about cover designs and it's very exciting so I'm trying to get out as fast as possible yeah I would describe to dib as like if I had to pick words to describe it, um, <laughs> it's very personal, but it's it's one of those collections that, like, again, it's like that feeling that everybody's had, but somebody's put it into words. Mm. And I feel like you've really done that, and I really, really love <laughs> oh, thank it. Thank you. Um, like, it's, it's, it's amazing, you guys. Oh, it's a, it's you. a lot about identity. It's a lot about friendships. It's a lot about family in there. It's really, really good. Um, there's some banger lines in there. Like, she just oh, drops okay. it and expects us to be <laughs> fine. I'm like, a woman, like, I deserve something in return. Like, this is, this is insane. You have left give me you a little heart. with half a soul. I'm like, this is, the, this is the worst in the best way possible. So, you guys are gonna, I, she won't tell you, but I'm gonna tell you, you do not want to miss this book. Oh, you don't want to miss you. it. Um, in terms of my, my own stuff that's coming up, uh, and you mentioned covers for to dip. Um, mm -hmm. the cover of book two is gonna be posted soon. Um, Yay. it's March thirty first, and it releases April twenty second. So like, we're officially in the one month countdown territory. We're Ooh. almost in release month because you know the next day will be April first, mm -hmm. uh, April Fool's Day. Um, I promise I'm not gonna drop the cover on April Fool's Day. I promise. Okay. I promise okay, I'm not gonna drop it tomorrow. Yeah, um, you're gonna but, yeah. drop some like Rick Astley. <laughs> never gonna give you up. I might. I might. I mean, who knows? But it's not gonna be the real cover. I promise. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the cover will be out as literally as soon as it is done. I know people are like, "I want the cover," and I'm like, "I know, but it's not done yet." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I'm super excited about it. This is like 
probably the proudest I've felt when pub- trying to publish anything. And I mean, I've only done yes. it twice. This is my third time, but still, still, I am so, so, so proud of it. And I am really, really excited. So, guys, yeah. when I tell you that I will give just about anything to have this book out, I will give just about anything. I <laughs> adore it. Why, thank you. Why, thank you. I love it so much. Um, yes. But yeah, we'll leave you guys with those thoughts about poetry. Um, check yeah. out, you know, check out some stuff. Go Google some themes that you might be interested in. Go to your libraries. If you're feeling adventurous, you can buy our collections. You know, oh, yeah. Any of Try your own hand things. at it. Write your own poetry. Yeah, Just try your own poetry. But, um, yeah. but yeah, we'll see you guys next time in April. The Way He Broke Me released month Woo-hoo. yes 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 we may or may not have special guests i guess we'll find out i will leave you with that exclusive bit of information all right guys we'll see you next time Bye-bye. bye thanks for listening you can give us a follow over on twitter at BNHD, the book's pod, behind without the vowels, for live updates and contact with us. And you can rate and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen. If you want to support me on Instagram, you can find me at larissagault.author and my books and links at www.larissagaultauthor.com. And you can find me on Instagram at LJ underscore writes with two S's. This podcast is hosted by Larissa Galt and LJ Elizabeth, edited by LJ Elizabeth, with music by Larissa Galt. Logo is designed by Susan Markloff.